0: Your Wednesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. Really good show coming up. Tim Connolly, Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations, will join me here in just a few minutes to talk about the season so far, a stark contrast to last year. Wolves, right now, 15 and four. Best record in the NBA. They have a game tonight against the Spurs. Spurs have, I think, with the worst or one of the worst records in the NBA. Um, Victor Wembanyama may not play, may play. Anthony Edwards may not play, may play. Both of them kind of nursing lingering injuries. Um, but. Wolves certainly will be uh, in the driver's seat in that one no matter what. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, Tim Connolly, a lot of good stuff to say, a lot of interesting insights into his process, what they went through last year, and how he was able to be patient In the face of a lot of us clamoring for change, our hand raised right here. I was like, they got to do something. Something's got to change. It's not working. This roster doesn't make sense. And next thing you know, they are 15-4 and and looking like one of the best teams in the NBA. So Tim Connolly, my guest on today's show. We will talk in just a few minutes. Got some Vikings thoughts towards the end of the show. Um, We should find out some pretty good information today. Vikings back at it. Um, we should know who their quarterback is after today. And we'll also find out kind of where they're headed as they get ready for the Raiders on Sunday. First, though, what did I miss? The Wild won again, 5-2 to two over Calgary. Four wins in a row now since John Hines took over for Dean Ev- Evison a little more than a week ago. And these aren't just like narrow, like, hey, they got a 2-1 win and, you know, they got outshot. They got, you know, saved by their goalie or they got, you know, a couple pucks just kind of bounced in and they got a win. These are solid, usually kind of start to finish dominant performances. All of these wins have been by at least two goals. Three of them have been by at least three goals. They are just flat out dominating their opponent right now. And you look at it and you say, well, obviously it's the coaching change, and it certainly is. They must be playing 50% better. They must be paid. It looks like they're playing 100% better because that's how bad they looked before this and their seven game losing streak that, you know, preceded Dean Evison being fired. And so it, it looks like a completely different team. My, my perspective, I'll share this in a minute. My perspective is a little bit different, but it does look like a completely different team, right? You've got, um, Kirill Kaprizov is going again. He's got two point. He's got sorry, two goals, three assists in the five games since John Hines took over. You've got uh, the goaltending's been so much better. They've only given up what I think now well, a five goals in the four games since he took over. Um, The defense in front of goalies, uh, Philip Gustafson. Gustafson's played three of the four, including last night's win over the Flames. The defense in front of the goalies has been much better. Um, you know they're just they're they're playing faster, they're moving better. The penalty kill has been much better. They only have only given up one power play goal in these four games. I, th- I believe the the their opponents are just one for fourteen on the power play since John Hines took over. That was a huge thing that was troubling them this season. Matt Boldy, um, four goals. He had two last night. Four goals in four games after just one the entire season. That is a huge. Key to all this. In fact, let's let's hear John Hines talking about Matt Boldy right now. What the difference is that he sees right now in his game? He's playing faster. You know, I think he's he's playing a strong skating game. I think he's making plays, you know, um, in motion versus sometimes trying to stand still and then make plays. You know, that that's one. He's playing fast. I think he's, uh, you know, that line has been good. I thought that line together tonight was was really good. So it's nice to see Bolds get. Get up and play the skating game that I think gives them the best chance to be a really good player. So they got boldy going. They're playing faster. The lower lines are producing. Get Connor Doer with a hat trick the other day. um, Who saw that coming? So everything that wasn't going right earlier in the season, which was pretty much everything, um, is now going right. They are on a roll. They must be playing fifty percent better. Like I said at the beginning, that's not how I see it. In in pro sports at the highest levels. You don't have to get that much better to see a dramatic result. You can, if you're playing 10 or 15% better, if you're, if you're playing 10 or 15% faster, if you're playing 10 or 15% more focused, that is a massive, massive difference because these teams are looking for the slightest, smallest edges, right? They're looking for, one percent, two percent, three percent, five percent—maybe um, differences in um, you know face-offs. One um, in terms of you know sa- you know saves in terms of you know passes completed, things like that. They're looking for tiny little incremental progress, just little edges within the game. You know, in 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 football in the NFL. Difference in a game might be two or three plays out of, you know, over a 100 in a game. In baseball, it might be two or three pitches out of 300 that change the entire game. If you're just that much better in those moments that determine games, that decide games, that can completely change your fortune around. So I think the Wild certainly look like a completely different team, but they're probably a lot closer to the team that we saw at the beginning of the year than we really than we than we really know because it's just those small small differences that that look like huge differences because of the small margin for error, because of the small margins that exist at the highest levels of sports. So I'm just kind of realizing this as you watch this team. It looks completely different. They're playing so much faster, so much better. The results are so much better. It's not that much of a difference, which is kind of the scary part, right? Like they had this within them the whole time. If it took 100% better, I don't think you can get 100% better when you're already this good. You can't get 50% better all of a sudden when you're this this good. All it is is this kind of this small, razor-thin margin. And right now, the wild are on the right side of that. They've got something going, undeniable. they got something going. They're back into the playoff mix. The West is not great this season. Just four wins in basically a week takes them from feeling lousy about themselves to the point now where they're feeling better about their playoff chances. A lot of season left. Feeling good about their game, things like that. John Hines seems like he's got them going in the right direction. It seems like he understands this team already. So a lot of things to like about this team, but just think about this next time you watch them. Think about how they look completely different, but really it's just a tiny difference. It's 10, 15% maybe that is really taking them to another level right now. I think that same theory applies by the way to the Timberwolves. Um, you know, they were a good team at a lot of points last year. They struggled, but they, you know, they had some success. Rudy Gobert, certainly falls into that category where he was good last season but maybe not the version of himself he wanted to be you make small incremental changes you you get incrementally just a little bit better 10 15% especially in the moments that matter most those two or three possessions at the end of the game that are much different this year than it felt like they were a year ago all of those things add up to instead of just kind of hovering around 500 all of a sudden you're 15 and 4 All of a sudden, your decisions look better. All of a sudden, it seems like you are on the right track instead of the wrong track. So that will kind of frame a lot of my discussion with Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations, Tim Connolly. And that is coming up right after the break.
1: Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin.
0: Really happy to have Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations, Tim Connolly, on daily delivery today. Tim, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me. You are
0: welcome. Um, Tim, 15 and 4, as of recording time, right now um, and that includes i suppose 14 and 2 in your last 16 best record in the nba as as of recording time as well because boston lost the other night you guys were tied for a little while there um i i pitched this to to you and, and the folks with the wolves as a sort of early victory lap almost i'm mean, you know season's a long way to go but do you feel uh you got to feel pretty good about the direction things are headed at this point
1: yeah, I think the guys are doing a great job. Uh coach French is doing a great job. He got well-deserved coach of the month award. Uh, first time in a long time someone on our sidelines has gotten that. So it's it's fun to see all the hard work paying off. The building's been awesome. Um, our fans have been amazing. I don't think the the 9-1 home record happens without the energy in our building. So, you know, so far so good. We're only a quarter of the way through the season. Um, you know, we have some pretty lofty goals internally, but proud of how our guys have played this far
0: this time last year things were not quite flowing the way that maybe you wanted them to or everybody wanted them to uh you know there was criticism of of the of the big trade that that you made not too long after you got here the Rudy Gobert trade um how did you kind of navigate last year and then kind of still feel like hey no we got something going here we don't we don't necessarily need to disrupt things or anything like that we just kind of need to to build and, and kind of keep this foundation going and, and to, to kind of see the, to the point where you are right now?
1: We thought we had, we had, last year, we thought we left a lot on the table. Um, our record against some 500 teams. I mean, it's simple. I think we were six and 10 versus the bottom five teams. You invert that that record. We're a home court playoff team. Um, you know, we're, we're at a, a playing game against LA. You have a pretty big lead in the fourth quarter. We're unable to close. And we see the world champion Nuggets in the first round, which is a tough match um so we, there was a lot of a lot of good last year uh, we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve um, i thought we counted ourselves pretty well in the playoffs especially being down three of our top seven guys once kyle got hurt um and you know th- this is an inexact industry um i knew we had a great coach uh, i knew there was a, we had a bunch of good players in the locker room and we thought we had a chance to um kind of right some of those wrongs and you know thankfully so far um we've had some success and hopefully we can continue to build off that
0: a lot of the off-season noise this year. I I must have talked about it, wrote about it a million times. I mean, I don't know how much you pay attention to outside kind of perspectives and things like that, but like everyone's saying, didn't work last year, got to blow it up, got to do something new. Um, how do you kind of filter that out? How do you kind of value the things you saw versus what you think things can be versus kind of, you know, dynamics in the future and things like that to, to come to a point where you say, Nope, let's keep this going. Give this another chance this year, because we thought we saw something there.
1: Well, you're always analyzing. You're always, um, I'm pretty, um, pretty aggressively, uh, uh, self-reflective. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's act sport. So I certainly don't have all the answers. And when you think um, something's not working, you want to be ahead of it. Um, but you also, I think, there's a collective lack of patience in sports right now. It's Guilty. not just
0: I got my hand raised. You can see me. I get it. I get well, it's, it.
1: Man, well, it's not just sports. It's probably life. But you know, I was growing up. I was addicted to reading newspapers. There was a morning and, and evening newspaper, and yeah. you know, my, my team was the Baltimore Orioles or Maryland basketball. So the Orioles went on a you know a three and seven streak. That there would be the well deserved tough article. I think now, if a team goes on a three for seven streak in the fourth quarter, there's an article. <laughs> So the 24-7 nature of um, the media. I think also, you know, we all have same, the same access to all the same information, which I think is really cool, um, which makes, you know, a, a really it's neat where the, the fan base has the same stuff at their fingertips that we do. Um, so I'm a, I'm a pretty patient person. Uh, sometimes I think that patience can bite me, so I don't want to be um, overly patient and sleep with the wheel. But um, we, we thought we saw a lot more good than bad last year. Um, while we're always looking to improve the roster, and you know, really, there's there's no concept that you know you shouldn't um, avoid talking about. Um, we we thought that hey, maybe maybe there is something there. Um, you know, I don't think there's enough uh, credit given to Cat last year. Not just coming back from a really tough calf injury, but he had a great summer. Then he gets sick, so he comes in the off comes into the season down like thirty pounds. So I never thought he was himself, and he's such an elite player. The natural maturation of guys like Jaden. And Anthony, and then I think we saw pretty pretty quickly the impact that Mike had on this roster, both on the court and the locker room, and quite frankly in the community. So, um, you know, too often times I'm overly patient, overly optimistic, and uh, you know I, I got to check myself in that regard. But um, I think patience, if you if you have the ability to be patient, I think it's oftentimes is rewarded in this sports landscape. Did you did the cri- did the criticism bother you last year? Not really. I don't read anything. Um, you know, it's hoop is the only thing I see. I don't have any social media. <laughs> okay, not even, no, not even any uh, ghost accounts. Um, you know, it's it's an industry that I signed up for. I think cr- criticism is part of the job. Uh, I think, you know, it, not as long as we we as a term that I use quite often. I think my colleagues are saying, "Inform mistakes, work really, really hard, and try your best." And it sounds corny and cheesy, but that's what we try to do. And if um, you know, if our best isn't good enough, then I you know, I am a big boy and I understand the stakes and you know if, if I'm not doing a good job then I, I'd hope someone could do a better job than me but um relative to criticism like it, it helps when you don't you know really don't read much or listen much or hear much um I just, I just want us to be a, a team that's that the city and state's proud of and that more nights than not we have fun in the target center um, and you know hopefully we do that, and then we can um, finally have some the postseason. It's been forever, but this is a star fan base for a winner. And um, hopefully I can we can play once some small smart and delivering that. And if not, then you know, um I get it. I, I get what this industry is about.
0: Rudy Gobert is having he's off to a great start. This is this feels like more the version, or even you know, even better than the version I would have imagined you were getting. We didn't quite see that consistently last year maybe that was where some of the criticism came in where it's like when Rudy is only pretty good or very good he's not at that kind of elite all NBA level that maybe you expect that he was in in Utah for so many years then it becomes you know easier to kind of parse or criticize that trade is th- is this version of Rudy Gobert that you're seeing this year is he playing a lot closer or at that peak that you imagined when when you made that trade
1: yeah I mean he's set, you know the bar is so high yes he had a good year, yes. but he wasn't a, wasn't a good year by his standards. And you know, he 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 heard me say that numerous occasions. Um, and that's what happens when you have this elite reputations based off all this really high level productivity. I mean, when, when his career is over, there's going to be very few guys in the history of our league that had a bigger impact defensively. Um, and he was coming from a, from a team that was used to winning in the 50s every year um so while he had a good year last year he'll be the first to tell you it wasn't up to his very very high standards so he challenged himself you know what um what, what can i do better what how can i have more of an impact on this team more of an impact on winning and then um you know you got to give a lot of a guy a lot of credit didn't point fingers you know th- you won't find a more hard working guy than rudy and then coach finch um did such a wonderful job just getting to know these guys i think again patience it's we knew there was going to be clunky moments and then Kat misses 50 plus games right. and we make a, a big in season trade, you know, getting rid of a, of our point guard. Um, so I think all those things um, kind of came into play as we see um, the Rudy that was you know, a guy that was in co- contention or winning defensive player of the year. So it, it's been really cool to see a guy not not point fingers or not pout. Say, look, I got to be better. I know I can be better. And thus far, you know, he's been fantastic.
0: You reference the trade from last year, the in-season trade, where you, you trade D'Angelo Russell. You bring in Mike Conley Jr. You get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who becomes a bigger rotation piece than I would have imagined, and has even started some games now with some of the injuries you've had this year. And you get a whole bunch of second-round picks. Um, you know, trades benefit all teams. I, you know, Everybody got something they wanted in that deal, but you have to feel really good about that in retrospect, especially Conley. Like he's been better than I could have imagined. I think even Chris Finch recently said he's been better than he would have imagined. He's almost the MVP of this team to me. How how do you view his contributions at this point in that trade in retrospect?
1: He's been fantastic. Everything has advertised him better. Um, he's been you know seamlessly integrated into our team he's certainly um, one of our leaders and not just the player, but getting a a first class family like the Conley's and seeing them so quickly appreciate what this, what this organization and what this state has to offer. It's this exact type of um, guy we're looking to add. And we want to expose more guys like Mike to what we're trying to build here. So um, unbelievably fortunate to have him. I, I can't imagine our team without him, and, Seeing a guy that you know, when, when you know we're always not the most coveted destination for a lot of these guys. Sure, you know, they're wearing, they're not putting us one two three. So a guy like Mike, we kind of tell him we hey give us give us a little bit of time. I think you're really going to like it here. And for that to come to fruition, again both on and off the court, we can't control wins and losses, but I do think we can control how we treat these guys and 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 how how they they feel like they're part of something. Um, so the controllables with mike um we, we ran a lot to all of us you have a guy like that is we want the highest level uh, it, it was coming off coming away from a utah team that's won as many regular season games as anybody and it was coveted by a ton of of um, elite teams and we got him here and he's he's done fantastic and he really likes it you know he bought a house his family's very happy so th- these little micro wins that are controllable. We can't control again wins and losses, it, whether injuries or a shot goes in or out. But we, I think, we can control how we how we act organizationally across the board. And and Mike's com- completely reflective of uh, real success in that regard.
0: You mentioned you can't imagine this team without him. I can't imagine this team without him. There will, at a certain point, I mean, he's he's, he's one of the older players on the team, probably the oldest player on the team. Um, there will come a point where he's gonna hang it up but you also have like a lot of I get so future focused I, you know it's your guys are 15 and 4 right now but I'm, I'm always like looking at like what's gonna happen next year look at all these salaries things like that like how do you manage kind of the now versus some of these kind of like looming decisions that, that could be out there when it comes to you know salaries going up contracts things like that
1: I think you have to obviously think both of those are important when you're going through any decision matrix I also don't want us to be so forward-facing that we're not enjoying this, but we think it be a special year. I mean, again, we're only 19 games in. We haven't won a playoff series in two decades, so we haven't accomplished much. But, you know, there is – I think there's something special about this group. And a years, a years, a year. Uh, so whether uh, – I've been guilty of in the past. We're so focused on the future. You're not enjoying that moment. I, I don't yeah. want to be – I don't want to be an organization that – it's dismissive of whole seasons because, as, as a fan growing up, I know how magical certain seasons could be. I know what it meant to you know, to be really excited to go to Memorial Stadium with um, the '87 Orioles when they missed out in the fi- they missed out in the playoffs in the final game or two of the season. So, uh, I do think again, it, it, in a weird parallel, I think patience, the lack of patience, also uh, runs hand in hand with this all this constant forward facing. You know, we, we think we have a punch of shot to do something special. We know that there's going to be a lot of looming, tough decisions. We uh, you know, we have unbelievable supportive ownership that says, hey, if we're winning at the highest level, we know what these stakes might look like financially. Uh, and we're very fortunate to have ownership that's that committed to winning. Um, and we know what those final four teams often looks like financially, right? If you if you kind of look at it, a lot of those teams are competing for sustained um, championship-level success. It comes with a pretty hefty price tag. So we're fer- firmly focused on the, on the here and now, and we know we have some tough decisions to make in the offseason. But um, as we stand here, in November, whatever it is, we couldn't be more proud of the group.
0: Does, does winning make those decisions easier or more complicated?
1: I think winning makes everything easier. Okay. It makes, you know, I think, we, we again, when you look at kind of your peer group, when you're at this, if we're trying to get at the big table. We're trying to get to be a, a Final Four playoff team. I think when you get to that point, it's, it's oftentimes matchups, injuries. Does a shot go in or shot go out? We're we're of the belief that if you can be a final four playoff team, a home court playoff team, that you're going to have a bunch of chance to make a run. Um, so I think obviously you got to win to get there. Winning uh, allows you to do more things. And it also allows players to be seen in a better light. So across the board, it's just the, the flexibility is increased you know, exponentially when you're winning games.
0: I've referenced this a few times in things that I've written or even thought about, but I think it was even at your, at your introductory news conference about 18 months ago or so, I'm sure it feels, I don't know if that feels longer or shorter, um, whatever it feels to you at this point, but um, you said something like success isn't always linear something like that. And I think you've said it multiple times that I've I've heard you say that. Is that something you just kind of believe that's just kind of like part of your mindset or were you, I've I've kind of wondered if you were almost like understanding that last year could be challenging, but that there could be better times ahead.
1: No, that was, that was beyond basketball. It's in life. Uh, I don't think there's oftentimes straight past anything. If you look at our industry; it's ninety-five percent um, driven by health. Yeah, another luck. I mean, the nature of our industry, as it's constructed, if you're a really bad team, you get in a lottery, and if you win the lottery, the the, the right year, it can change the fortunes of your career. So, uh, I I think there's something liberating understanding how much serendipity plays a role in in our success. But I, it's not specific to basketball. Um, I think um, if, if I if I was naive enough or arrogant enough to think that I could really control uh, a ton relative to our team i, I think um I, I, so much slap me you know <laughs> i don't think um i think work really hard you know be a good teammate I think if we're going to preach the importance of being a, a good teammate they have to see it we we have to be um you know we have to be connected we have to be collaborative and when the door opens after a ton of loud and vociferous debate we make a decision we move forward I think players sense when there's not connectivity like I, I don't like the term front office and coaching staff we're all part of basketball operations um I, I, there, there's a real cohesion here not just best not just on on our side of the building but with Ethan and the business side fantastic we have great ownership so um you know th- those things are controllable. if I, I've been part of games I or we missed 16 17 straight threes and we lost the game. They'll tell you there's a 0.9% chance that could happen. I'm ruining the numbers. But so, I it. yeah, it's, it's sports. That's, that's what I think It's the awesome part about it. We don't know, know what's going to happen. I mean, look at the college football thing right here. If, if Alabama doesn't convert on fourth and a thousand, right, there's probably yeah. not a big date. So uh, that's why I think we have to put such an emphasis on those things, what, what, what we control, how we treat players, how we interact with the community, how we ensure that we have, uh, guys like Mike Conley that feel like they're not just assets. Now, unfortunately, in professional sports, at times you're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to make, I think the whole idea of training a human being is pretty yucky. Um, Mm -hmm. But while while these guys are here, we got to make sure that uh, we're we're elite in everything we can control.
0: A couple more things for you, Tim, appreciating your time today. You mentioned health. Obviously, that's a huge factor. Last year, it was a big part of your season when when Cat was hurt for so much. You've navigated some minor injuries so far. You've, you've had Jaden McDaniels out for a couple different stretches. Anthony Edwards obviously has been missed the last, you know, two and a half games with that hip hip pointer. Um, you've been able to win anyway in a lot of these cases. How do you feel about you know that staying relatively healthy, but also kind of seeing some of the depth that you have, you know, compensating for those inevitable minor injuries that come up during the season?
1: Yeah, I think it's all the credit goes to. Coach Finch and his staff for being creative for putting guys in in you know sometimes positions that probably wouldn't envision the offseason. I think we have quality depth. I don't think anybody on our roster is not capable of playing rotation minutes. Some of those guys, unfortunately, they won't find the minutes here because of our depth. But today's NBA, I think you need two things. And, and without either, I don't think you can win at a high level. You need depth and you need elite talent. And we're fortunate enough, I think, to have both. Uh, but that, that's Finch he's just a really good coach. I mean, when you coach in the g league and you can wake up in the morning with with three starters and they all get caught up to the to the big team, and you got to adjust um his ability to adjust on the fly with different lineups and putting guys in positions to succeed is is special and it's really um speaks to how creative he is as a coach.
0: You didn't hire Chris Finch, but you've said nothing but you know again just now nothing but great things about him, and he's obviously had success here with two straight trips to the playoffs things like that. What what about him made you appreciate? It? I mean, you know, sometimes when you get a new a new person at the top, they want their guy or something like that or their their own person in to be that head coach. But like I said, you he's here already when you come in and I think he he might have even gotten a I think what a multi-year maybe a 3-year extension once you right before you got here. What did it what does that mean to you to have someone in here that you, you know, didn't necessarily higher initially, but that you trust with, with the, with that head coaching well, spot.
1: He's been a friend for a long time. My brother le- worked in England with Nick Nurse. So I've known, known him Finch forever. And then we worked together in Denver. So yep. there was an, pre exist relationship, knowing how good he is. Um, so it's, I mean, Finch is one of my guys. So, uh, you know, the, he, if, 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 I was hiring and Finch was on the, the street, he would be an unbelief, he would be right at the top of the list. I mean, it's, so it's, it's seamless, but it's part of the appeal of this job, quite frankly, um, was Finchy be in here? I could have candid conversations with him prior to committing to to understand what I was kind of getting getting into relative to to the organization and the players and the city. So uh, without Chris Finch, I wouldn't be here.
0: Wow. Okay. Is he does he have to be a, an extension candidate again soon? I'm, I'm I'm not sure where he's at with that.
1: Uh, I don't. I, we're not going to talk about. Doesn't coaches.
0: matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: I, I hope Finch is here as long as he wants to be here. He's a fantastic coach, and um, you know, I was lucky enough to have a. A long long term relationship with a, with a dear friend in denver and i don't i don't again i'm I, I like to i like to uh be around people for a long time and and she's a, a special special coach hopefully he's leading this team as long as he wants
0: awesome final thing for you tim appreciate it again as usual thing that i've seen a lot on social media this year is wow that's that's a game the wolves wouldn't have won last year year before something like that you, you're winning games whether it's kind of referencing what you said, the six and 10 against some of those lesser teams last year, you're finding a way to win those games, you're winning games and kind of those close moments, you're taking care of, you know, taking care of business, things like that. Do you, do you buy into that? Are you seeing a lot of moments that are growth from like last year? You're, you know, even things that you would have witnessed from afar years past where you're like, okay, this, this year's team is winning in a way that last year's team just wouldn't or couldn't have.
1: Yeah. I think there's a, there's a, a much more mature approach, especially when things aren't going our way. There's a couple things. Again, Finch is an elite coach. he has got a great staff. Continuity. I think an, another underrated portion um, or aspect of patience. If you're lucky enough to be able to employ it, is continuity. We return nine of our ten same guys. Uh, a couple of our best players are kids. Anthony and Jaden are still kids, so there's an expected uptick. We knew Carl was going to be much better. We, we felt pretty confident we we're going to see a, a, a re-energized Rudy and the I thought that's the last 50 right prior to Nas at injury I thought we were playing really really good basketball last year so there was glimmers of hope about how we were growing and how we could continue to improve and you know we, you bring back nine of the same ten you have a great coach you have health um you know, and then it was a, it was a real it was a consistent talking point to our guys we got to grow up we can't be third in the league in techs so we can't we can't not show up against uh, these teams that are struggling. We can't have games like we did last year against Portland at home. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, there's all these mini moments. If we just play with a, little, a bit more maturity and, and you know, our season would have been drastically different. You know, it's Every game really doesn't matter. If we close that Lakers game, our, our playoff matchups different. If we win a couple of those games against the teams that were, you know, not, not great teams last year, we're a home playoff team. So, it was constant. It was consistent. It was a challenge, and to, it, all credit goes to Coach Finch, his staff, and our players. That it, it, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a mandate that was went unheard. And I think you're seeing kind of the benefits of, of all those things in unison.
0: You feeling the energy in Target Center? I mean, it feels different this year, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it's great, man. We have great fans. Uh, we have really good fans. Um, you know, they haven't been treated to a bunch of success. I really knowledgeable fans. I think that part has been really cool to get to know. Uh, you know some of our fans now how much they know about our team, but and how much they get behind the defensive stops—it's awesome. It's um, our building's a really, really hard place to play, and it's getting harder each night. You know, We've sold out every game. Uh, we have some huge games coming up, and um, you know, our, our fans are great. And it's—I feel fortunate to you know be in the building to hear them, and I can't thank those guys enough.
0: Tim Connolly, appreciate it. I'm going to let you run. Um, congrats on the start to the season. Best of luck as the uh, as the season unfolds. All right. Thanks
1: for having me, man.
0: I really appreciate Tim Connolly's time. I know he's busy. I know he's got a lot going on. We're right in the middle of the season. There is a game tonight, like I said, against San Antonio. So appreciate that time and those perspectives. Um, you know, too early for a victory lap. I know this is a team that you know, even though they're they're fifteen and four right now, but in the parlance of sports, um, they haven't won anything, right? They've won fifteen games. They're the best record in the NBA, but they haven't won anything as they say. And Tim Conley knows that. He knows there's a long road ahead. He knows that they can't just say, Hey, we are a good team right now. They got to keep proving it. I think he knows that. But I think he also has to be happy with what he sees right now, with what has been built right now. And like he said, you know, there's decisions to make down the road, but they will cross those Cross those roads, cross those bridges when they get there, and winning takes care of a lot of the uncertainty as you go forward. Let us finish with the cooler Vikings. Going to find out today who the quarterback is. I sure hope it's Josh Dobbs still. I just think that's their best chance for any kind of extra special success this season. I know he's got volatility in his game. I know he's been a turnover machine. I know that Bears game was awful. I just think he he needs one more chance at least. I feel like he needs the chance to show what he can do with Justin Jefferson in the lineup. I feel like he's your highest ceiling quarterback on the roster with Kirk Cousins injured. I just feel like instead of trying to go to Nick Mullins, trying to play it safe, you go back to Josh Dobbs. I hope Kevin O'Connell has the kind of wherewithal to make that decision, isn't locked up in his own system, isn't locked up in trying to prove that someone needs to run his offense. I hope... That is the the decision that gets made, but we will find out more on Wednesday. Access Vikings podcast coming later today, so listen for that. Until then, until tomorrow, I am Michael Rand, back at it again on Thursday.